So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast. Uh, sorry, you're going to have to let Terry read the intros now. We'll discuss it after the podcast. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's focused only on the key objectives. So, am I going back to the intros? No. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. I'm not happy about doing this. I'm Fuck really you, sorry, Terry. Chica. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that definitely won't be doing terrible Russian puns. Obviously, they're so cheesy. So cheesy. So cheesy. I'm Chica Ayers, and today from the Southwark Tavern in London Bridge, we are going to talk about the Russian Grand Prix, where team orders made for a frostier atmosphere than a Siberian gulag, Vettel threw it away again, Mercedes threw Bottas under a bus, and Hamilton won the title. And we discovered that the only thing that can make a pre-podium room more awkward is Putin. Oh, cover your drinks, boys. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who almost wasn't here. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yeah, you're very lucky I was here because uh, I got locked in a stairwell about an hour ago. My key card that gets you through every single door in the building wouldn't let me into the changing room. So I turned back around to go back up to the lobby and complain. And I couldn't get into the lift either. So I couldn't do anything. I was stuck in the stairwell. And I spent about 25 minutes going up and down the stairs trying to find an exit. Screaming. I didn't resort to screaming, but I was, I was a little bit worried. Uh, and then luckily a cleaner was there and I went, help! And she let me out and I went and moaned to security. And then I had my shower and here I am. Why did you moan to security? Because my keycard wasn't working, even though it should have been working. Why should it be working? Maybe they fired you. Because they're supposed you. to let me, I mean, <laughs> unless they fired me between 5.30 and about 7. That's when I'd do it. <laughs> Get rid of all the angry people. So it people. wouldn't be the first time. The last time I was made redundant, that's pretty much what happened. And alongside him is a man who hasn't read anything on the thing. I've done nothing. The only thing I've found is on my to-do list, it says, ring the people about the boiler. And I did that. <laughs> How is your boiler? Expensive. <laughs> okay. The I've fix. got a boiler that was made in the 70s. They don't Ooh. make anymore. There's no spare parts. That's an old boiler. Yeah. Oh, and also the, the, the exhaust flue is in an illegal place. Right. So that if, if the kitchen window, it's, well, it's under the window, so the window's open and you put the hot tap on, carbon monoxide just floods into the kitchen. Yeah. So it's perfectly safe. Annoying. As long as you either don't use the hot tap. Yeah, or breathe. Or breathe, or go into the kitchen. Yeah. My understanding is you're supposed to replace your boiler approximately every 20 years, at the most. Right. And yours is? <laughs> nearly 50. Chico, what have you been doing? At the weekend, I did something that I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. Bungee jump? I went to a Kate Bush appreciation night. 
You're at all what? Kate Bush Appreciation Night. So not not a Kate Bush concert? No, a tribute band for the woman herself. And it was the best thing I have ever done. We're right here. Thanks very much for that. Sorry, guys. Um, Other than obviously this bi-weekly. So what was the setup? Was it like just like a gig? So it was... Yeah, so it was in a tiny venue and there was seven women in the band and they obviously all played their different instruments well they're the bushes then, Kate and the bushes yeah yeah so it was the big bush what were, um, et what were they called what was it, did they, they were have a witty baby bushkas nice and then uh, every song they'd move so there'd be another Kate Bush wow and then another and they were all amazing and, and then at the end was the real Kate Bush and she stepped out <laughs> and everyone went oh she was older than I that was a good Kate Bush impression yeah Oh, well anyway so my friends couldn't come with me they were non-existent non-existent that's it or, or busy whatever probably probably the first one but um so instead i dragged tom kicking and screaming to i think the quote was i'd rather saw my limbs off um so i got him to come along and at the end he was like that was that was all right and nice. then later that evening i was on the phone to my friend and i could hear he had the door shut in the other room and i got close and i could hear Wuthering Heights coming oh. up. He opened the door and he was just masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> While dressed as Kate Bush. <laughs> He's clear. Did he say, It's me, I'm Kathy. I've, I've come, come here now. Come. So, first up, despite our robust Magnuson style blocking, we've made it to Listener's Corner. And we're going to start with the talking points from Sochi. It was another Vettel must-win race that he once again failed to win as Hamilton roared off into the distance and surely a fifth world title. But he was given a large lump of bad-natured help by Valtteri Bottas, who looked set for a win until Mercedes told him just to let Hamilton by. Jonathan Petrovic said, Let's be real here, Bottas has never and will never be a serious championship contender. He was hired because he's good enough for benchmark testing and slowing down better drivers than him. So, Hamilton can zoom off into the sunset. Should he get thrown a bone? Maybe Toto slipped him a few extra bills in his race weekend paycheck for the trouble. Nick Pebble asks, is Bottas hurting his future by losing these wins? He's showing that he's a team player, sure, but with the Mercedes juniors running out of room. I believe his recent contract renewal will be his last with Mercedes. He needs to start building his resume. Oh, God, it's depressing, isn't it? Because, yes, team orders are fine. That's how they work and it all exists. But it wasn't for that many points. And just just let him win. Just let him have his race. He won, at, he won Russia last year. He's, he's good around this track. It made him happy. You're not going to lose a championship by three points. Well, whatever the what's what's the difference between first and second? Six points. That, that's what I didn't understand. I mean, it's they're so just covering all bases. But if for whatever reason Hamilton lost the title by a point, they'd be like, oh god, why didn't why didn't we swap them round? Yeah, but they could also be like, oh god, Lewis, remember when you were really shit at the start of the year? Why weren't you better? <laughs> the thing is. From an emotional point of view, yeah, I want to see I want to see them fight. I want to see the best driver on the day win. But this late in the season, you could argue that if it was earlier on in the season and, and Bottas was still in the fight and all this, like they'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, carry on, let him win or swap it back or whatever. But this late in the season, Bottas has got no chance. So it makes. If I was Toto Wolf, I'd probably do the same thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel great about it. But it, it makes sense just to be like, well, you know, we'll just just in case we won't throw it away in a Ferrari-like fashion. Yeah. 
but I agree as a spectacle and if you're a casual fan watching it you'd be like what the fuck is this can't they just do it in the pits so we don't notice not this whole kind of can you just park on t-? and the fact they were so descriptive like can you stop at turn 14 and let him through it's got to be turn 14 because data and then let him through and then you can go again it's just like just do something make his car go slow for a bit or oh his boss has got a problem you know were we hoping that Bottas would go no go fuck yourself oh Bottas is it going to he said beforehand though he said beforehand that if they asked him that he wouldn't slow down he, actually no he did didn't he there he was did. an interview before where they uh, I remember like, seeing oh, it Bottas is They're really like, great and he was like no we've discussed it and everything's going to yeah. be great oh come on Bottas are we talking about the same Bottas <laughs> come on this yeah. is Bottas that you'd be like uh, I bet he always opened the door for people and just lets 100 people into through into his car what into his car he probably, <laughs> gives, probably gave the popular kids a lift around when he had a, a car at school and then wasn't invited to wherever they were going oh no Sorry, Valtteri's like, full. Okay, not lift, to worry. A great lift to a party, though, wouldn't it? It'd be really quick, but not quite as quick as Lewis. <laughs> He'd be on time. Uh, so Mike Stoner actually builds on this, saying, Bottas out, Ocon in. Come on, Mercedes, you know it makes sense. I mean, yes. I'd be up for that. They didn't think that Ocon was going to be out of a seat. I think if you'd have said to Mercedes earlier this year, you've got to choose if it was a straight fight between Ocon and Bottas, Ocon would be the driver now. But they've screwed themselves and now Ocon's gone. I reckon he'll be there next year. Not next year, sorry, 2020. Yeah. Moving on, Max Verstappen won driver of the day again after a very impressive thrash through the field after starting in 19th place, which is not a bad 21st birthday present. So Paul Hinton said Verstappen's drive was stunning. The first few laps was Senna-esque. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck the fuck off. You can off. have your say in a minute, Terry. Let the man finish. Since Monaco, he has really cut out the mistakes. But Will Bowen says the little boy in the fast car overtook a lot of slower cars and then did nothing to reel in cars that are faster than his. Stephen Gurr said... Hopefully, at least five minutes will be dedicated to how awkward and uncomfortable Max Verstappen looked during his birthday party. Right, Terry, I feel like we should let you have a crack at this. Okay, there is one thing worse than Max Verstappen being a cocky little arrogant driver that makes lots of mistakes. And that's a Max Verstappen that seems to have somehow grown and not made mistakes anymore. Because that's not fun to fucking watch. (laughs) It's more fun when he's quick and then crashes. So, I know he's obviously been listening to my pep talks because I am kind of like a father to him. <laughs> but You're old enough. I, I am old enough. And I just, I can't, it's just not fun. He, like he was on better tyres, you know, he was just going through the motions. Anyone could have done that in that Red Bull. Apart from Ricardo. Who had a damaged wing. Yeah, because he wasn't good enough to not crash. What? He crashed into just, someone, damaged his wing, was way down. Meanwhile, was Verstappen, what was it, like 10 places in three laps or something? Yeah. It was ludicrous. Senna-esque, Paul says. Senna-esque. Was it raining, right? Was it Was it in Donington, right? No. So there's two of your fucking things. Okay, so Adam Finley has two questions for us. One, why do people defend Van Dorn? Yes, the car is shit, but he qualified 0.5 seconds slower than Alonso. And he's not that quick compared to other drivers in quali. Also, when is Mokibar boy K-Mag going to get his elbows clipped? He's got the widest elbows in F1. Right, I know it's not cool to bring up Rolf Harris in anything anymore. Ah. But 
talking about Van Dorn and why he's shit, it's like he's broken. It's like watching an episode of Animal Hospital <laughs> with Rolf Harris and then bringing in a dog that's been abused, probably by Rolf, and... <laughs> And the dog's cowering on the counter because no one's loved him and the RSPCO just rescued him. And then this... Oh, what's his name? Adam Finley. And Adam Finley is watching telly going, oh, why is that dog not being like a dog? Because he's been abused <laughs> by McLaren. He's been broken. He's just a shell of a man. He went... He joined McLaren, like many people before, thinking he's going to be a world champion. And he's been spat out by the system. So don't have a go at Stoffel Ruffle. But if you want to buy a T-shirt... He has been absolutely <laughs> battered by Alonso. Yeah. Is it something like 16-0 in qualifying he's now? Not even, he's not even there on Saturdays. He stays in bed crying. Were you quite surprised that he didn't crash deliberately into a wall in Singapore? I mean, just for nostalgia's sake, as a kind of leaving present for Alonso... Uh, so K-Mag and his, and his wide elbows I've he was quite, noticed these He elbows. was quite Do robust you? in his defending at, uh, at Sochi There was a moment where somebody was trying to get back him, uh, past him and, uh, and, and Magnussen just cut across and just went No! He was. He was. Uh, he was very aggressive. Actually, I quite like Magnussen. We'll talk more he's, about Magnussen. He's the driver of everyone that just doesn't give a shit about any of it and doesn't really care what he's anyone like thinks. He's like Kimi Raikkonen, but good. Ah. A bit more chatty. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so away from the race, there are discussions about a new format for qualifying. So among the suggestions from F1 bigwigs are sending a knockout format to our to four shorter sessions from next year, and in the future maybe even have a qualifying race. So Nathan Willits likes the idea. He said, qualifying race, send them out in a reverse championship order and then have a 10-lap quali race on the softest tyres. Discuss. Quali race, <laughs> love it, great idea. Four session qualifying, don't bother. One. Qualifying's fine. But I think it's fine because I quite like the sort of, oh, bottom five get dropped off. Oh, then the bottom however many more get dropped off. What if that was the same but more and there was less time to get a lap in? Okay, exciting, well in surely. that case, why don't we have a system where every three minutes the slowest driver goes out? I'd fucking love that. Yeah. They do that in, in track cycling. They, they did that in Formula 1 a couple of years ago, remember? No. In Australia, they did it for one race and then it didn't work because no, no one went into the fucking race it, because... It clearly made a very small impression clever. on me because I've forgotten it already. It was Bernie's <laughs> qualifying thing. He went, we'll change quality. Oh, Bernie. Oh, do you remember Bernie? He was great, wasn't he? He had loads of great ideas. He was there this weekend with, was, with an evil beard. Mm. With an evil beard. Uh, or Putin, as we like to call him. <laughs> so another news. Before the Russian Grand Prix, we got more pick pieces for the jigsaw. That is the 2019 grid. Our 2016 driver of the year, Daniel Kvyat, has been confirmed for a return to Toro Rosso, making his third stint with the team. F3 driver Dan Tictum had been tipped for the seat, but didn't do his case any good by acting like a bell end on Instagram and insisting that Michael Schumacher's son Mick, who leads the F3 Championship, was only doing so because of his name. What? What happened? I missed Did you not see this? So you know Dan Tickton, we've talked about him before. He was the guy who a few years ago, under a safety car, overtook about 20 cars and rammed somebody off the track because yep, he didn't like know what he was doing. Apparently he'd grown <laughs> up and become much more mature now, and he was in line and was being seriously talked about for this spare Toro Rosso seat. But then a couple of weeks ago on Instagram, he basically just posted this thing that basically slagged off Mick Schumacher, Michael's son, who's leading the F3 championship, has been doing very well in the second half of the season. Basically said the only reason he was winning was because uh, his surname was Schumacher. And Dan said, oh, if my name was Schumacher, I'd be winning as well. And then his girlfriend got involved and started slagging off people who were like, hang on a minute, that's a little bit off. That's perfectly and understandable. Made a complete tit of himself. And then no. Christian Horner came out and said, 
trouble is he tends to open his mouth before he thinks about what he's going to say and he's not ready for F1 anyway Kvyat is back yeah. again <laughs> it's good because he's the comeback kid because we're struggling because this year you know it's going to be hard to find a driver of the year obviously Grosjean but you know there's not many shit drivers knocking around at the minute yeah. so it'd be good to have another one back in the pile welcome back he's an old favourite you know somebody we know we love yeah, there's no yeah. surprises. He's come through tragedy after tragedy, yeah. and he's kept. He and apparently, back. by all accounts, Ferrari are really impressed with what he's done with them. You know, he wears headphones at the back of the garage like nobody else. <laughs> he, well, we could all do that. He makes we? really good tea. Yeah, amazing. So um, uh, apparently, uh, uh, I think it was um, what's his name, One Eye at Red Bull. Uh, what's his name? Helmut Marco. Helmut Marco uh, reckons he's much more mature now and. Uh, he's going to be a whole new. Oh, and he was. Quite, he? Remember, he was quite good. He's quite young. He's still only in his mid twenties, I think. He's so, only twenty-six. Don't make it up. No, I guess. no idea. Okay. No, I still, I still think he's he's in relative youth. So, um, I'm keen to see what he's like now. Um, it's a shame he's still only in a Toro Rosso, but um, it'll be interesting to see uh, him against. Uh, whoever the hell else he's racing against next year. Who is he racing against next year? I've forgotten. Who's in the other Toro Rosso? Yeah. We don't know yet. Do we not? No. It could be... Uh, it's, oh, yeah, they're talking it might be Hartley. That somehow really? Hartley's going to hang I on to his I just had drive. a blank on Hartley's name and nearly said uh, Bradley Cooper. That's right, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, he's From in everything Silver Linings days. Playbook. Yeah, he's in everything. Limitless. Um, star is yeah, ball. it could be that Hartley's going to hang on to his seat, despite having A, the worst luck, and B, the worst performances. But the best hair. And the best hair. Um, Although there is a rumour, there is a rumour... Who's going to be in the other Toro Rosso next year? Honestly, Pascal Verlein. Really? Pascal. Oh, really? no, that's right. We talked about that in the previous yep. episode, I think. Anyway, is there any more transfer news? He's Well, oh. actually, funny you should say that. In other transfer news, Antonio Giovinazzi will take Marcus Eriksson's seat at Sauber alongside Kimi Raikkonen. Kevin Magnussen has a two-year deal at Hayes. And Stoffel van Dorn has admitted defeat for 2019 and is looking at Formula E and IndyCar. Oh, well. I think he's making the right decision, to be honest. Giovinazzi taking Ericsson's seat. Yeah, Did whatever. you see the way they announced it on Twitter? The Sauber team announced... They basically put a post saying, We're delighted to announce that we'll be keeping Marcus Ericsson for 2019. He'll be taking the role of reserve and development driver. Oh, With a big picture of Marcus looking really happy. I was like... That's the weirdest way of sapping something. Hi, Marcus. We need a driver for next year. Can you tell me anyone you think that could be the driver? Oh. That's so bad. Oh. I'm intrigued to see what Giovinazzi can do because he had a couple of races, didn't he? Like, was it last year or was it this year? I can't even remember. Yeah, one, was, he, one, he was quite good and then he crashed a lot. Yeah. It's quite highly regarded. We'll see how he gets on. And Raikkonen will be a good benchmark. Magnussen staying at Haas. Fine. Good for him. Stoffel's given up. He's Understandably. Broken. Yeah. So all this means that the only hope for Esteban Ocon is for one of the seats at Williams, uh, which, isn't much, which isn't much hope at all. The Frenchman has said that he is not interested in racing in other series. He'd rather sit out 2019 than going to IndyCar. Which is probably wise, because he'll probably get killed at IndyCar. So yeah. just sit <laughs> Did you see what happened to Robert Wickens the other week? I know. Massive crash, broke every single bone in his body. Which is not the way to get a full Impress people for 2020. No, I agree. <laughs> So basically, Williams next year is either going to be uh, Ocon and George Russell, which would be exciting. That would basically make it a Mercedes Junior team, yeah, but, but they're both apparently decent drivers. So, Or it's going to go full Russian and be Sorokin and Markalov. But going from Force India to Williams, 
that's gonna hurt, isn't it? It's gonna hurt. Whatever he does next year is gonna hurt. Yeah, he's he's drawn the very very shortest of straws this year, and I feel bad for him. It's such a shame. I, I know really he's like good, that man. But if you're listening now, stock up on deep heat because you're gonna need it because <laughs> next year's gonna be a doozy. And an oh. exciting legal challenge news. Haas are contesting Roman Grosjean's disqualification from the Italian Grand Prix. History fans will know that Groman was given the boot for having an illegal flaw, but Haas is insisting that it didn't have enough time to change it. The case will be heard at the FIA's International Court of Appeal in Paris on the 1st of November. I have nothing to say well, on I mean, board. Okay, okay, Just so, give say, it up. so say they won the case. What, do, what does that mean? He gets his sixth place back and some points. But, Big I mean, as, you know, based on my admittedly very in-depth knowledge of this case, uh, they said, your flaws are legal. They went, oh, all right, we're, we're not going to change it. Is that all right? And they went, well, maybe, unless anyone complains. Someone complained. They looked at it and went, well, yeah, it's illegal. So you're disqualified. Surely case closed. All right, Miss Marple, we'll see. <laughs> so tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake. Or you can appeal at the FIA's International Court of Appeal in Paris on November the 1st. time for the teams and we're going to start with Mercedes. So as we know, not much went on in Russia physically, but on an emotional level, it was intense. So things I thought I'd never say. So Bossas was whipped, Hamilton was modest, and you can shut anybody up by saying you'll speak after the race. Um, so Hamilton actually did an excellent overtake of Vettel uh, when he was behind the Ferrari coming out of the pit. Um, but the question is, and I really don't know about this, did Vettel move more than he should to defend his position. No. Ye- yes. <laughs> Are you being deliberately contrary? No, he did. He I moved, don't think he did. Then he moved again. See, I've watched it a couple of times now because I did initially think that. I just but watched I think it, it on the again, highlights. Don't care if I watch it again. <laughs> I think I'm angry now. I'm like uh, <laughs> I'm like how I feel racist must be. I've seen something I don't like and I'm just going to stick with it. You're like an old man with a next door's kid on his lawn. Yes. I think that... <laughs> Vettel moved over in one movement but because Hamilton was jinking all over the place and you only really saw it from Hamilton's onboard camera and Hamilton did two moves to try and go one way and then the other and it made it look like it was two moves but having watched it several times I don't think it was Boring. I think it was fine and the stewards agreed with me ergo QED it's fine if that rule didn't exist though surely that would make it more exciting it would but there'd also be a lot more crashes I think they shouldn't be allowed to move at all <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You say that in the states, the rules are that you can't defend at all. Like in you the, can't move to the inside to block the block the overtake. In NASCAR, to that. in NASCAR, they eject them in their necks and <laughs> p- paralyze them from the neck down, just as the race is starting. Yeah, the moonshine directly to it the nervous makes system. It really interesting. Can we talk about um, the vibe between Hamilton and Bottas at the end of the race? They have definitely fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, wow. That wasn't what I was going for. I but, feel um, that, like, been on a couple of dates, you know, like, start to really, li- really like each other. Maybe one has been through something a bit tragic, the other one's there for them. I thought Hamilton was really well-measured and balanced in, in his post, post-race comments. He was like, oh, I don't want to win like this. Well, he's obviously lovely really post-coital. Well, yes. <laughs> this is, you know, this obviously. is example. <laughs> I bet they both vape. <laughs> Well, I think I've brought all I can to this conversation. Okay, Ferrari. 
So they were not very impressive and relatively disappointing weekend for them. Vettel came home in third and he looked like a child whose parents had divorced, but then remembered they loved each other and are having makeup sex in front of him. Good driving, but they just didn't have the pace. Um, I didn't actually see what Raikkonen did. Uh, do you reckon they can sort themselves out in time for Japan? No. No. They're fucked. They've yeah. made some wrong decisions. Everything's gone wrong. They should What's just the focus point? on 2019 now. Yeah. Stop bothering this year. It's a write-off. They've thrown it away. They had the fastest car. It's gone. They probably won't have a chance next what year. What the vaping? They should it's the vaping. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. I've been out the back of the Ferrari pit garage at Grand Prix and it's not vaping. They smoke proper cigarettes. No, no. Philip Morris tobacco. Well, they have to. And have you heard they've got a new sponsorship for next race? I have, and it was going to be my things we haven't had time to talk about, so let's not talk about it. Fine. Anyway, the vaping thing, what I'm talking about is the mysterious smoke coming out of the car as they start the engines all year. Which, That's the finest Virginian tobacco. Which people have been saying, is that some kind of dodgy, they've got some weird dodgy thing, and there's oil coming out of the engine, they've got something going on. And the last two races, it stopped happening. And maybe the FIA have said, you know this dodgy thing you're doing, can you fucking stop it? And they've gone, but it makes us quick. And now they're not quick. Oh. Tin for hat. Conspiracy corner. We need a tech expert. Oh, me. Right. Yeah, they, they did. <laughs> you're like they are bang up fair income guilty, mate. Red Bull. So, Terry, as we said, this must have been a very tricky weekend for you. Uh, there's no way you could keep going on about how this happened. It's just a phase. Uh, he went from 19th to 5th, as we said, and he did some truly incredible driving. Uh, Ricardo hit some debris at the beginning and had a fairly uneventful race. Now, I've got a tyre question for you. Why do they leave the tyres so long before changing? Because it was like 43 laps. Uh, tyres are a mystery, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's because strategy. Oh. Ah, What's the yes. point? Verstappen did very well. I've said this already. <laughs> he's all right. I can constantly say he's okay, but you have to... Honestly, what's more entertaining? Him overtaking the whole field in 10 laps or him belligerently crashing and not admitting he was wrong I mean more the, the former Chica I'm fond of a Verstappen crash so I'm honest with you thank you well uh, just on Verstappen turning 21 this solves a potential problem that F1 would have had and I don't think they've had to deal with before it's the US Grand Prix coming up and if Verstappen gets on the podium he previously wasn't old enough to drink champagne in America. I think that has happened But before. now he is. Was he on the podium before? I can't remember. It's happened somewhere where there's an underage driver and they've just given him Tizer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do they even still sell Tizer? No, they have some special dusty bottles in oh. FOM headquarters. Oh, expires in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he did very well. Ricardo, unlucky. Actually, what happened when to you found out, uh, he broke his front wing somehow doing something inconsequential at the back. But I, like, where was Signing he? For Renault. I mean, he didn't end up in a bad position, did he? He, came, he finished. Well, they were both at the back, weren't they? Because they'd, they'd changed, I think, the whole car. Okay. <laughs> they'd basically they'd gone back to their spec B engines, they'd changed everything. So they'd taken a billion places penalty. So they started at the back, and then they just kind of blew their way through because they were the quickest cars apart from the Ferrari, uh, for, for, apart from the Ferraris and the Mercedes. And that's the thing. It wasn't. I mean, it was impressive, but it wasn't that impressive because they were so much faster than everyone else. I mean, even taking that into account, I still think it was impressive. When you see the onboard from Verstappen at the start, he'd made up like four places by the first corner. Oh. And it doesn't matter how good your car is, that takes some skill. Whatever. Force India. Well, this was pretty exciting. Uh, so if you re need reminding of the team radio, uh, I just want you to imagine some like really bitchy texts on a night out. So he started off with, Perez slagged off Ocon for being in front of him. And he said, Ocon, move. 
get on with it Perez we haven't got all day Ockham Perez is too slow Perez you're doing really well but you need to try a bit harder I hate to say it but we might have to think about moving you a little bit back if you are struggling don't worry Ockham he is being kicked off but neither of them could get past Magnussen well, this all follows their tete-a-tete. Was it last race or a couple of races ago? Yeah, I mean... In Singapore, where been, they're now not allowed to race each other. Yeah. Because so they can't been, be trusted. Yeah, they've been up against each other for the entire season. Do you not think that... I didn't know. Well, I just think Perez is in dangerous ground here, because if you're there going, uh, this guy in front, if I, if I was there, I'd be doing better. And then the team called his bluff and go, all right then. Come on then, show us what you can yeah. do. They, like, swapped well, him well. they swapped him over and he still couldn't do anything. It's a little anyway. more complicated than that. You know, <laughs> um, I'm actually a bit tired. I was up late last night, so I can't do it. Oh, I'm not my best. I know, it's just like, oh, fuck off. I fucking hate Perez. Based on... His whining, Phil. Okay. His utter fucking moaning the whole time. He is the only F1 driver that moans on a regular basis, in fairness. Thank you. Next... Hayes. Hayes. So this was a great race for Magnussen. As I said, Forsini couldn't get past. He qualified in fifth, and he ended up in eighth, and he pissed Vettel off. Pretty good weekend for him. Um, however, he was actually passed by Leclerc and the Red Bulls. It was a reasonable weekend for him, yes. He did, he did a, solid, a solid weekend. Solid to impressive. Being passed by Leclerc is the only block on his coffee block because yeah. he should on the have one, ahead of On the one hand, it's Leclerc. On the other hand, it's a Sauber. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we'll com talk about this later. Swings and roundabouts. Mm. Um, Grosjean didn't do very much and he didn't get points. Why is Grosjean driving next year? Oh. That guy is How? dead to me. How is he driving and Ocon is struggling? Imagine Ocon in a Haas. It's the, it's the Mercedes link. That's well, the problem. Let him drive with the Mercedes engine. Pass. <laughs> we just have one Haas Ferrari and one Haas Mercedes. Maybe that should be like you know, like sponsors can bring like you know, Alonso's brought quinoa into into his uh, into McLaren. Has so he maybe have you noticed the quinoa stuff lately? Because I feel he's dialed it back a bit. I think McLaren is hurting his brand more than the other way around. Because I haven't noticed it in races much lately. Interesting. Um, it would be interesting if they could just bring their own personal brands and their own personal engines. Yeah, love it. If you're listening, Sean Bratches, call me. Renault! Uh, so Renault chose the wrong tyres. Uh, they thought they were being edgy with hipster soft tyres, but they were just wrong. Signs made contact with Sorokin and was forced wide by Magnussen. They were pretty crap, weren't they? Ricardo must be really looking forward to next year. Can we just have a little time machine moment and go back to pre-season where it was just like, OK, well, Ferrari and Mercedes are going to be the top two, which has been borne out. But then it's going to be a pretty close fight between Red Bull, Renault and McLaren because McLaren have got the Renault engine now and basically Red Bull's their benchmark. And Renault, they're on the way to being a top team again. They're going to give Red Bull a pretty tough taste of their money and they're shit that's because they were, they're all taught they seem to they? be getting worse through the season I recall at the beginning of the season they were much better in fact I've been playing the new uh, F1 computer game and I'm playing as a Renault driver Here we and go. they are the best of the also rounds in terms of the quality of the car so clearly at some point the guy who's making the computer it's game not real Phil <laughs> it is real it's not real it is real I could beat them all so, so both span, both retired, caused by a sticking piston in the brake, apparently. Both Torosos were out by lap six, so that was utter carnage, wasn't it? It was, but it was very nicely synchronised. Mm. 
It was like formation spinning as both of their brakes failed at the same time. Yeah, but that meant their teams were like, oh, shit, shit. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. They were just like, what the fuck happened? Everything was fine. Suddenly there was a shot of Gasly locking up for no reason as he came into a corner and spinning off. And everyone was like, oh, no, Gasly's locked up. And then there was another shot, which initially you thought was another angle of Gasly spinning off. And then you realise, hang on, no, that's Hartley. And exactly the same thing had happened to him approximately five seconds after Gasly. It's really weird. Tin four hat time, right? They both had the brand new Honda engines this week. And they both fucked up early in the race. I'm just saying that FOM don't want to be seen to say that the new Hondas are shit. So let's just pretend it's the brakes, yeah? Yeah, they blamed the brakes. It was a piston in the brakes yeah. not the engine do brakes have pistons they do yes no no Phil <laughs> wait I mean they do but for the sake of this story no they no, don't no they don't pistons are in engines yes Sauber so again Leclerc was very impressive uh, he brought the Sauber home in the points something I never thought I'd say Ericsson tried a two stop strategy and that was a massive waste of tyres it's true isn't it the, the waste in Formula 1 yeah but I I've... think with those they know they're not going to win they know they're not going to get points so why not try it out so on the off chance it works but you know what I at the start of this year bought a reusable coffee cup because I'm sick of using paper cups for takeaways mm. Phil also has one you see we're I've environmental got I've got one and Ericsson's there just fucking wasting tyres every weekend for no fucking reason I hope when they demote him next year, they give him a kind of leaving present of here's all the fucking tyres you wasted and just turn up outside his house with 4,000 fucking marble tyres and go, yeah, now you need to see what it's like, wanker. <laughs> Can we talk about Leclerc? I thought he was bloody impressive. He's good. He He's like good. Max Verstappen, but without all the no annoying Max Verstappen he bits. He does seem more mature than Max Verstappen. Well, more mature than some recent Max Verstappens we've seen. Um, How many are there? <laughs> well, some, this weekend, I thought Max Verstappen was quite mature. He didn't, didn't throw any wobblies, wasn't anyone, yeah. didn't crash. Whereas Leclerc, I can't think of a single time we've seen Leclerc do anything dickish. He seems older than his years. How old is he? How old is he? Yeah. How old is he? He's probably quite young. I'll I look thought it we up. all just said it. No, don't look it up. He's 20. No, He's 50. He's, take the average. Charlie Clark is 20. Good work. Uh, he's younger than Verstappen. He is. What a... What a what? Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Williams. Sorokin's home race. But not much to get excited about. He made contact with Sainz. He was in last place. He tried to get out of last place, but he couldn't. Last place is all he knows. Stroll didn't really do anything. And if I'm honest, I can't remember. Um, but I think that says all we need to know. I mean, I'm this was sort of Sorokin's big moment, wasn't it? His home race in front of his... He had a whole stand named after him, apparently, or like fill of his fans or something. Do you was the Sorokin stand. That when Putin got there for the last 10 minutes, they went, well, basically, Formula One is a bit like golf, and the, <laughs> the, highest, the lower score, the better. So I know it looks like he's last, yeah. but he's actually first. Yeah, and that time when he went out and qualifying and span it <laughs> instead of getting a good time, that gave him pole position That's in a way. It's like a stunt driving thing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was shit again. The car was shit. The drivers were shit. Shit. It's shit. McLaren. So it was yet another horrendous weekend. Alonso didn't even do his signature good start. Uh, the highlight was when Van Dorn overtook signs, which is nothing to be particularly proud about. Their sporting director said, Suzuka can't come soon enough. Oh, come on. And by Suzuka, he means the slow release of death. Um, also, Honda's home circuit, isn't it? Oh, who cares anymore? <laughs> it's just... It's like going to see your ex or something. Alonso's checked out. 
Yeah, he's 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 got his head in IndyCar. He's mac and cheese and freedom fries. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's firing guns in the air and singing the Star Spangled Banner. Can you imagine the debriefs now of like Stoffel just there like rocking in a corner, yeah. crying, and Alonso just like on his phone go like uh, with a with a USA <laughs> Make America Great <laughs> cap on, going I hate you people. Look, I know we're at a stage, people listening, you're feeling this too. There are so many fucking races. They're coming every week and they're all the fucking same. As people watching the races and podcasting, it gets quite hard to talk about because, frankly, the same shit happens every week. And then you think about it, you go... But if you want to listen, oh, subscribe. But how can Alonso turn up week after week well, and I mean, go to the... Well, paid a lot of money. Is that enough? Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. yeah I take mean, all that. I could take half of what he gets and I'd, be, I'd turn up... To all sorts of things I hate. <laughs> all of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, in tribute to poor old uh, Valtteri Bottas, who had to move over this weekend when he didn't want to, I've made a list of the standings of things the drivers don't want to do. So, number one, Lewis Hamilton, don't make me eat mother yogurt. <laughs> Reminds me yeah. of Nicole Scherzinger. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel, don't make me honour to my mistakes, I hate it. Valtteri Bottas, third place, don't talk to me. Kimi Raikkonen, don't make me try hard. Max Verstappen, don't make me do that, Dad. I'm 21 now. <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo, don't make me drink that, Dad. Oh, Kevin Magnussen, seventh, don't make me suck that, Dad. Oh, I found a vein, didn't I? Oh, sorry. Nico Holgenberg, I don't want to go into the podium room. Don't make me. Ninth place, don't make me go to IndyCar. Say you want me, Formula One. That's Fernando Alonso. Tenth place, don't make me pit. It's kind of my thing. That's Sergio Perez. Espan Ocon, don't. Don't you want me. I can't believe you did it, but you did it. Any other words? Twelfth uh, place, Carlos Sainz. Don't make me go to McLaren. Thirteenth, Pierre Gasly. I'm Max's bitch now. I do everything he says. Fourteenth, Roman Grosjean. Don't make me get in a car or get out of bed. Fifteenth, Leclerc. Everything I want comes true. I'm a golden boy. I want everything. It's fine. Sixteenth uh, place, Stoffel Roffel. That seems bleak now, doesn't it? Remember when Stoffel Roffel? Stoffel ain't ruffling no more. Before he signed up, like before he kind of the year before he actually drove for McLaren, he was just like full of poise and excitement. Stoffel Roffel was a new funny thing. Lance Stroll, I'm so rich I can pay to have bad thoughts banished. Eighteenth place, Marcus Ericsson. Don't make me reserve driver, please. Ah, oh, you bastard. <laughs> 19th place, don't make me go back to the WEC, that's Brendan Hartley. And 20th place, it's Sorokin, don't spray that in my face, Mr. Putin. <laughs> that's a Novichok joke, which brings us on to the constructor standings. And in first place, it's Novichamp, it's Mercedes. In second place, it's Novi shot your load this year, it's Ferrari. In third place, it's Red Bull, Novi fuck next year if you ask me. Fourth place, Novi set to break Ricardo is Renault. Let's just cast our minds forward a year and imagine the state that Ricardo will be in this time next year. <laughs> Stoffel Ruffle. Um, <laughs> Novi Cox in the same car next year, that's Haas. Novi shocked by Barcelona, that's McLaren. Uh, Novi, look, we want to keep Ocon, but Checo is buying the drinks, all right? It's Force <laughs> India. Toro Rossi, Toro, Toro Rossi? Toro Rosso, Novi chock on our brakes. <laughs> Sauber, Novi shocked as you are that he said yes, mate. That's Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> and Williams say Novi shot both our drivers. Won't make a fucking difference. <laughs> and now it is time for the Chica Quiz. Hey, Chica Quiz, Chica Quiz, Chica Quiz. Hey, Chica Quiz, Chica Quiz, Chica Quiz. Uh. Hey, Chica Quiz, Chica Quiz, Chica Quiz. What? Hey, Chica Quiz. Fuck <laughs> This week's uh, quiz is going to be on the things that you can do when you're 21. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so I need you to give me the three things that you can do once you're 21 that you couldn't have done beforehand. Phil. Phil. Uh, drink alcohol in America. That was my one. No, it's in the UK. I didn't <laughs> say that. In the Terry. UK. <laughs> yes, Terry. What? Get life insurance. Uh, no, you can get life insurance before. Damn it. Phil. Yes, Phil. Go to one of the UK's many international airports, fly to America and buy an alcoholic beverage. Terry. Yes, Terry. Buy a shotgun. No. Drive a lorry. Drive a lorry. HGV license. Over how many tons? <laughs> over what? what? How many tons? Oh, 100. Phil. <laughs> 50. Drive, One. A, drive a commercial vehicle over 7.5 tons. You just read that off my screen. No, I know shit. it. I work in the motoring industry. Oh, right. Oh, I can't wait for your article about 7.5 tons. I used to work for under. Fleet News. <laughs> right, I get that I think point. We'll call that one each. Think in the in the car, in the motoring area. Stay in that. Fuck an escort. <laughs> in the Ford Escort. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, not a Fiat Gigolo. <laughs> Apart from borrow certain press cars, I can't think. What about learner drivers? What about learner drivers? Oh, oh, Phil. Yes. Um, uh, accompany a learner driver as a legally responsible adult. Oh, yes, yes. yes. But as a clause, so long as you've had your driving license for the same type of vehicle for at least three years. Yes. Two, one. Next. This is more above the track. Fly a helicopter. Yes. Phil. <laughs> Fly a plane. Yes. Yes. Fly a... Chinook. <laughs> That's a helicopter. No, it's two helicopters <laughs> glued together. You've got to be 42 Phil, for that. Fly a microlight. So you're, you are both right with that one. Uh, when you're 21, you can fly commercial transport airplanes, helicopters, gyroplanes, and airships. I don't know what either of them are. An airship, like a blimp. Yeah, like a zeppelin. I didn't know I could drive a blimp. Oh. I'm out of here. <laughs> You've been wasting all this time trying to Fucking learn to drive hell. a car. So, bonus prize, this is one of the most important things you can do when you're 21 Heart years surgery. old. Heart surgery. And it's more about all of your life than just your car. Need a clue, need a clue. Younger, the younger... Have a baby. Adopt a baby. Yes! Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. shit, son. But adopt a baby you, in a zeppelin. You can apply to adopt a baby. Well, it's not a given. Yeah, you don't just get a baby. <laughs> I'm 21. Yeah. I've got my ID. I'll have a bottle of whiskey, I'll have a baby, and then we'll fly home in this airship. <laughs> Bang. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Team orders. Obviously, they're fine. They're part of a team. The driver is one employee, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But Christ, don't make it so painful. Austria 2002. Barricado made to let Schumacher through. We can argue whether it was necessary or not, but it was definitely, like, super embarrassing for Rubens. Same with Coulthard letting Hakkinen through. And who can forget old Fernando is faster than you to pour out Felipe Massa. Hey, you're winning, but you're still shit. <laughs> Yes, all of these helped the main dude win a championship, but they've also really made the other guy look like a prick. Sunday morning was dominated by Bottas being asked by every journalist if he was going to be allowed to win the race. Yes, he said, for sure. Then on the radio they tell him to let Lewis through and he has to be like, but guys, I told everyone I can win. I'm going to look like a total cunt now. <laughs> it's like your parents being away and you throw a party, then they say you can't. Team orders are going to happen, whether it's blatant, like we're, good, we're doing team orders now, or a more subtle multi-21 Seb. 
They try to outlaw them, and all we get are dubious pit calls and subterfuge. So what are we going to do? Well, don't worry, I have a solution. Make it more obvious. Have one of those special FOM graphics that says Team Orders in big purple letters. Have it on the billboards along the track. <laughs> Team Orders being enacted right now. But with a caveat, you can only do it twice a year. And when you do it, all the teams have to swap their drivers around. <laughs> It'll be like a mental safety car where everyone has to bunch up and let each other through. So you've got to think carefully before you do it. That's my state of F1. I love it. I, th- I, think, I think maybe every single driver having to do it. Yeah. Are you saying everyone has to do it at that point whenever anyone plays the team orders yep. card? It's like when the lapped cars can overtake and yeah, come yeah. back around. So if it's like a Ferrari, McLaren, Ferrari, <laughs> Ferrari, McLaren, Ferrari, can you imagine? That's never Ferrari, Mercedes, Ferrari. <laughs> the two Ferraris would swap, but you couldn't, the, the other one couldn't get in the lead. They'd all be in like team order still, but the drivers would switch around. I think it's a great idea. It's I, think it, I think it's going to use all the screens that they've now installed at all the circuits. Yep. If they're going to have hammer time when Lewis is told to go faster, they should have Bottas is a bitch <laughs> come up when he's told to over, let, let someone through. But if they're going to have Just some a characters... Just Bottas' face and the word bitch next yeah. to it, flashing. <laughs> bam, bam. You've solved it again. Thank you. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Trobens. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about, although we did slightly talk about it earlier, uh, the fact that Ferrari are getting a new livery for Japan. Uh, or are they? This is all based on apparently a picture of somebody putting a new sticker on the Ferrari, which in my book doesn't count as a new livery. If it comes out next week and it's yellow or green, that counts as a new livery. If it's just got a new sticker from some new scientific company, that doesn't count and it's bullshit. And to Terry Saunders. We are going to talk about Markolov, who is a F2 driver. His dad has been arrested by Putin himself for being a money launderer and not being a good boy. Novichok. <laughs> we'll be back next week to discuss the Japanese Grand Prix from Suzuka. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. You can buy stuff from. You can go to ff1s.com forward slash shop. Okay, we're going to have a new t-shirt idea live on the podcast. Kvyat. Need a Kvyat t-shirt. Third time's a charm. Danny Kvyat with the number, whatever his number is. Do an x-ray of my cracked fucking ribs from <laughs> fucking Missed Apex podcast. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. I'm G. Grass. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network.